0: and I, I don't want to sound harsh but if someone's trying to sign up and they don't have any kind of experience okay this is maybe not the best race to start for them we're gonna sure. let, let them know that yeah um but we want you to volunteer come out help be a part of it but maybe don't don't like please like don't don't sign up <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody, discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello.
2: Welcome back to another Gotta Run Racing episode.
3: Hello there.
2: I don't know what number we're at now 61. Okay. I'll <laughs> Maybe. Take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so we've been busy. Yeah, it was a busy weekend. Our very sure first. Was. Uh, Running with the dogs.
3: We volunteered at Canadian Canicross Sports Inaugural Trails and Tails Classic in Mansfield. So Canicross is a run with your dog race where you're harnessed in and your dog takes the lead. (laughs)
2: Literally up the hill. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And down.
3: It was so fun to watch. The huskies, the German hair pointers... The retrievers—they were all there, and and, and
2: they knew they're ready to run. They knew this was a race. Oh
3: yeah, it was a fever pitch. Um, <laughs> all the barking and everything when the race started—it was so fun to watch. We posted some video on our um, Instagram if you want to check it out. But it was an absolute blast, and Sean Sobin did an amazing job for his first race, and we're pretty sure he'll be doing it again.
2: Oh yeah, because there's definitely a need. Oh, I think it's the only one in Ontario.
3: I believe so, but I'm not 100% sure. But it's definitely a growing sport. So you got to check it out.
2: Right. And what is happening in the world of gotta Run Racing?
3: Well, we're finishing up our We Run the North Virtual National Park Series. And it will be, I've had a few people ask, it will be running again next year. Hmm. So that's exciting.
2: And we're in a new month this year in December. What's the the, uh, park?
3: It is the final two uh, territories, Northwest Territories, and none of it. None of it, okay. None of it,
2: yes. Well, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> and who do we have on the podcast today?
3: Well, thanks to a suggestion from one of our Patreon supporters, mm-hmm. we are chatting with a race director, Brian Gallant from Sinister Sports, who has been race directing for 20 years. And I'm sure you guys and are Canada, yeah. yeah, all in Canada. And I'm sure you guys are familiar because a lot of the people we've spoken to have done his races. So we're talking Black Spur, Sinister Seven, the iconic Canadian Death Race. Yep. And most excitingly, Canada's newest 200 miler, The Divide.
2: Yeah, that's going to be something. It sure is. <laughs> so let's get to it. And here is Brian. Brian, welcome to the podcast, and big congrats Thanks. to you on creating this new, exciting 200-miler. I think it's the only one in Canada called The Divide?
0: The Divide 200, yeah. It'll be the only that we know of anyway in Canada this year. Uh, I'm sure there are other people waiting the wings to do their own, but um, so far it looks like uh, you know we're the only one. It's not the first in Canada, but yeah. the only one uh, in 2023 for sure, and the first in Western Canada.
3: Right.
2: Yes, that is true. And what drew you to directing in the first place?
0: Um, I was competing in adventure races way back in the day. <laughs> and we had this sort of group of guys at my old office in Calgary that uh, were really into it. And I first I first heard about adventure racing and they said, Oh yeah, you know, it's this thirty-six hour long race. I thought that's that's not possible. I mean, <laughs> I was always an active guy, but I thought there's nobody nobody can race that long, and I just I couldn't get it out of, my, out of my head, and you know, over time, uh, that year I went and supported a team uh, of, of competitors in that adventure race, and then we got to be, you know, good friends, and we decided um, the guy that was hosting those races wasn't going to do it anymore after that year, so we took over the company, and there were eight of us involved, and uh, that didn't work out so well. I mean, <laughs> lots of great people, but too many cooks, right? Over time, we uh, all went our separate ways, except for me, I'm still here <laughs> and I'm the only one left. And uh, I had other partners along the way, great people that helped move us along, but uh, you know, now it's just me. I started at it from a competitor side mm-hmm. and I really always like to focus on the competitor experience. Uh, I haven't raced for a, for a few years now, um, just because the old meat sack is getting a little banged up and <laughs> too many years running around in swamps out in the mountains and whatnot, you know, <laughs> and busting up my legs and all yep. that stuff. So, uh, but I just, I love being around the people that's, it's always been the big thing for me is the community of, of trail runners. Uh, this group, it's the community that we, we are a part of is as you know, it's just phenomenal, you know, the, the spirit that everyone shows and just how uh, passionate everybody is for these events. And for, for just being a part of the sport. Right. have those stories.
2: You must be a, a big fan, because I started as a venture racer myself, of Eco Challenge back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah,
0: that was really inspiring. And that was a sort of a global phenomenon. And uh, we were hoping to recreate something like that in Canada on a smaller mm-hmm. scale. And it worked for a long time. But then it sort of tapered off. And we got to a point where it was like, well, put in a ton of work to get a hundred racers to come out and managing a course like that, where it's all off trail, primarily uh, self-navigated. So you never know where these wing nuts are going to end up. And we (laughs) realized like we're we're putting more effort into running a race for a hundred people than we are into a race that has almost, you know, getting upwards of 2000 people.
4: Mm -hmm. It doesn't
0: make any sense to, to, you know, to spend that kind of energy, even though we loved it. It, we finally decided after you know, around I think it was twenty uh, thirteen. I think we decided that was the last year for our big adventure race, mm. uh, full moon in June. And then we had a smaller one, uh, half moon in August that we did. It was always great fun as well, but uh, you know, it was a day race, twelve hours. right. And still just the amount of equipment we required and like we had boats and we had everything and just <laughs> trying to maintain all of that, we just had to make a choice and it didn't make sense to keep trying when we weren't getting the, the same kind of uh, numbers, right? So yeah. we decided to focus where the the energy really was, and that was in trail running. So we made a sort of a split at that time.
3: Now, how big is the, the team of, I would say, whether they're full-time or not, but um, mm-hmm. at Sinister Sports, year-round
0: people right. working
3: on the events?
0: Right now, we have myself, I work full-time, and then Kirstie, uh, she is sort of our director of, uh, of um racer experience. She does a lot of social. She's really the one that answers a lot of our emails and gets back to people. Um, and then we have she's she's like I said full time. And then we have a whole bunch of part time people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three people working part time right now as well. And they work more in the summer. Like um, yeah. hours are obviously more limited right now because we're a seasonal uh, kind of operation. Uh so I have a bookkeeper that comes in a couple times a week and he's largely behind the scenes. And you know our our uh, coworker Alana, she handles all of our merchandising and taking care of our store. And then um, Lynn is our uh, sort of our shop manager, and she takes care of keeping the shop organized and keeping the warehouse kind of in shape. And uh, we had some staff turnover this year, uh, really mm-hmm. unfortunately late in yeah. the game, and so that kind of made us all scramble a bit and get more involved in different things that we were others were doing. So to the race days, though, I mean we have. Easily uh, 30, upwards of 30 crew members that are fulfilling different sort of aspects of uh, the management of the race. Right. Uh, it depends on the race. I mean, the bigger races like Sinister Seven and Death Race, they they have a lot more uh, moving parts to them. So you need a <laughs> bigger crew.
3: I think that's one of the things that people don't understand is to put on this scale of an event or events. You are working around like year round. career round. And you're thinking you're probably thinking about it all the time and thinking of new mm-hmm. ways to add to the races but yeah you're and that's one thing i think that was brought to the forefront front through the pandemic because mm-hmm. people had signed up for races that couldn't happen and then the whole issue of refunds came up and it's like well this is why we can't do a refund we've yeah. spent that money x mm-hmm. amount of months in ahead
0: Mm-hmm. it's like any kind of event not just races sure these are fun and they're organic and they're a bunch of good-natured people but at the same time it's like going to a wedding i mean if you decide to cancel your wedding right before for any reason the money is already just gone right yeah. and and we were in a bit of a different position in that we had several months of notice still mm-hmm. um so we really tried hard to work with everybody um whether it was a, a partial yeah. refund and you know and we just we cautioned people that if we give refunds to everybody, then we will 100% go bankrupt. We already spent. Now, this sounds like a lot of money, but to preface it, we have three and a half thousand racers in a season. So by the time the race season started, or the time we canceled, rather, we had already ordered supplies and paid people for, and I was developing a new oh plan. And we were probably out about $150,000 by the time <laughs> we had to cancel. And so right. it was like, my heart, I'm actually about to cry, just thinking about it. <laughs> it was just like, well, we, oh, we can't recoup any of that, right? Like we can try maybe do some of it next year. Some of it has value next year, but yes. a lot of it's just lost, right? A lot of lost labor exactly. preparing for a season, and uh, just trickles away you know, in the day-to-day management of things and keeping the lights on even, you know, just uh, it just sort of trickles away on you.
2: Well, let's go through each one of your events. Number one, being sinister yeah. seven. named after the seven peaks that surround this race i assume
0: well seven sisters mountain is a ridge um Mm -hmm. and it's it sort of towers over the latter part of the course on what's now leg six of sinister seven and the name actually came about because in my my former partner andrew and i um, when we were kind of working on it and we were just messaging back and forth and we or, like, maybe the old man ultra, because like the old man river, or the Crowsness the Mountain ultra. Or, and I was kind of like, ah, it all sounds kind of hollow. And we we're bouncing these names back and forth. And I had a map on my wall. And I was just reading something online. And I saw the word sinister. And I looked up at the map and I somehow transposed it in my brain. The Seven Sisters Mountain became the Seven Sinister Mountain. <laughs> and I was like, what about like the Seven Sinister or the Sinister Seven or something like that? And we were just like, that's it. That was it and that's just this chance you know we just happened to uh to just find the name by just because i glitched on and my name reading my map <laughs> <laughs> um but andrew had set up the, the idea of having uh the different stages like when i talked about the seven the seven sinister seven I thought we'll make it a theme of sevens, you know. Uh we could even incorporate a little bit of these, like the seven deadly sins and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and make it a little bit more kind of uh epic and biblical in that sense. That and, was the first uh, yeah, was uh, ultra event
2: you created then. The Sims of Seven was the first yeah. Start?
0: Andrew had a long like I was actually to be honest, I was kind of against totally an ultra marathon because I was still very firmly rooted in adventure racing at the time. Mm. And I thought, you know, it's gonna be kind of boring just to run, isn't it? And then like Andrew got super excited about having an ultra marathon in our community. And so he got me really excited about it. And I, when I realized, wow, this is actually, it's going to be great. Like these people are wonderful and I, it's a single sport and that's not kind of what I'm used to. I, I think it's, uh, it's something that, uh, same kind of passion, right. And the strategy, that's what I thought was going to be missing. I thought the strategy would be missing, but it mm. isn't, there's a lot of strategy in how you plan your run. If you're, especially if you're trying to be, you know, on the podium, a lot of strategy on how you handle that. So uh, it's always exciting for me. And even to this day, uh, Sinister Seven is usually our first race of the season, just because the weather here is so variable up until June in the Rockies, uh, Southern Rockies, especially. Every time, though, I get that lump in my stomach. It's just (laughs) this ball of excitement. and It never changes. You know, no matter how many times we do it, it's uh, still that same feeling.
3: What's the most challenging thing about putting on... We know you're up to 200 now but you're you 100 miler. What's the what's the biggest challenge? That's a big jump from 50k yes. to 100 mile.
0: The biggest thing is um for me is well I guess there's a lot of people to to work with. And we try to be really communicative and we try to do a really good job of keeping everyone informed so that does limit the amount of uh questions and and uh and back and forth that we have to have in that way. You know, leading up to the race, it's always just that planning of what you're going what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna put supporters that come? I mean, it basically almost uh raises the population of our town by close to close to percent right? <laughs> it's a lot of people. <laughs> and where do you put these people? Um they're camping everywhere, you know, they're staying in every bnb they can find. Um people open up their homes and uh they're not, not like an official bnb but they will kind of board people for the weekend, they stay in. Hotels in the two neighboring towns, half an hour, forty five minutes away, are both mm. uh, full. Yeah, you know, there's just nowhere left for them to stay, and so that's on my mind. Although it doesn't really have uh, necessarily a negative repercussion for the race, mm-hmm. uh, but then come to the race, it's keeping again eighteen hundred plus people safe in the wood in the woods <laughs> uh, as they're running all over the place, mm-hmm. making sure that uh, safety is is always my number one thing.
2: Let's go on to the Canadian Death Race, which was. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my very first. (laughs) This is
2: 2005. Yeah. My very first ultra I've ever done. And Jody was on a crew. Relay. Relay Relay team. 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 Yeah. And when did you take this over? And why did you take over this iconic Canadian death race? Sure.
0: Just before that, I had started um, Waxper Ultra in 2015. And... I always had wanted to have a series, uh, uh, in like a like. A, you can't have a series with two races as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. It's got to be three. You got to have like a tripod, right? Okay. A two-legged stool doesn't stand up. You need three. <laughs> I wanted to have uh, a series of events. And I'm very cognizant of the fact that, you know, there's this pie of racers out there. And over the years, the pie of trail runners is kind of growing, but so is the number of races, right? So you're splitting mm-hmm. this pie thinner and thinner and thinner. Adding more and more races to me isn't the logical answer. It's to help races that are already there become better. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: You know, at the same time, again, I really wanted to have this triple series. And so a lot of racers had encouraged me because they said, hey, you know, Death Race, it sounds like they're going to pack it in. Mm. And I thought, you know, that would be a real shame because it is um, probably the most notorious event in Canada. It was one of the first two big ultra marathons in canada right uh definitely the best known and it was it had a real like i I remember even back in the days when i started adventure racing in the early 2000s people were like oh yeah have you heard of the death race and that's just people on the street right friends of mine that had no connection Mm -hmm. to any kind of endurance sports whatsoever it was almost a household name right back then all the media coverage that it had it really inspired a lot of people and i thought I'm getting all this encouragement uh from people to to check out to see if uh if the people that run death race would be willing to to turn it over to me i just thought it would be really terrible to see such an iconic event disappear absolutely and rather than recreating something in a a kind of a climate when there's over two to three ultra marathons every weekend in a region Mm -hmm. why not just take over another event that uh, needs some help yeah um I approached them and they agreed it was time for them to 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 hand it over to somebody else.
2: What changes did you make? Because I don't remember there being a marathon when I did it back in 2005. <laughs> did yeah. you
0: add that? No, I didn't add that. Actually, that came in, I think, a, couple, a year or two before I took it over. Oh, and okay. it's really great to have more people getting out on the same course and uh, enjoying that. I still think I, I haven't announced it for this year, so I can't really... We already have a bunch of people signed up. I think next year, what I want to do is increase it to a full ultra like a 50k yeah
4: you
0: have to add a little more distance to it uh, I'm not sure how that's going to happen though <laughs> uh, since there's not a lot many places to go up there but you know I'd love to see it become an actual ultra as well and add just a, like really only adding eight kilometers right just go um, around the parking lot <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> no do loops, do
0: loops, do loops. yeah do <laughs> loops, lots of loops Um, there are ways that we can make it happen. I just, I want it to be purposeful. I don't want it to be just sort of like lame distance, right. Adding mileage, uh, for the 20th year, the 20th annual in 2019, we had around 1100 racers. And I think that was like a good number. Grand Cache is a, is a great place and they're very welcoming, but it's also hard to fit that many people into a small place. Yes. I remember that. (laughs) uh, Um, very few resources. So Yeah.
3: (laughs) well it's nice to see that it's still happening because if people it is probably still one of the more well-known races out there even to
0: non-ultra runners
2: and you still have to bring your coin everywhere and show your coin right is that still the rule
0: So we made a little change this year and it freaked people out so much. I (laughs) I was just like, the background (laughs) the whole time as people were panicking, like we didn't go out the coins at registration this year Uh and people were texting me all these racers and they were texting me, my phone was blowing up and I wasn't saying a word about it. So what we did was I thought, I want things to be purposeful again. Right. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody really wanted to, they wouldn't actually, unless you check them regularly, and the chances of finding somebody in a spot check out of hundreds of racers is small. Uh, and the time it takes and just having the resources to do it. So spot checks were infrequent. They didn't necessarily, they could go without carrying their coin right up until the last transition area. And get it just before they go on the boat. And I thought, what's stopping them from doing that? Unless we're checking all the time. Yeah. So I thought, let's make them earn that coin. So we put the coins in a bucket on top of the mountain oh, on dude. leg four on Hamel, oh. So they had to go up and go out on the spine. If you remember that part yes. and kind of run yep. up to the mountain, you go way out on this little ridgeline and come back. Yep. And I thought also you have to go get something to prove you're on the spine. There you go. So now you go out there to get your coin and only one person missed it. <laughs> so oh. luckily. And so they had to go back and get it uh, afterward, but they felt sad for themselves, but ends the breaks, Right. <laughs> and I think it was actually, I talked to a few people ahead of time and they were like, oh, this is a pretty big change. I don't know how people are going to like that. I don't like it. <laughs> and then I did it because it's amusing for me. As I said, you know, the reason we're doing it is to be purposeful. Like I said, you're going to go earn that coin now. But it's purposeful for me as well because you have to get out there and, and get this coin and bring it back. And you can't go on without it. No, that's a good idea. Um, right? But it's also amusing for me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was one of the main reasons. And uh, it was actually really well received. People thought it was brilliant. They they really love the idea of like I can't miss this coin.
2: <laughs> I think I think I might great. go back and do this race just to do that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's you're worth good. it. It's a great race. So. There we go. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at GottaRunRacing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's BAM, then then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate-style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show.
2: Let's, let's move on to... Blackspur,
1: yeah.
0: There's that's another
2: true. one
3: for you. There you go. Yeah, <laughs>
2: which I did in 20, 2017
3: Very unique medal. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, I did it because I wanted to earn my UTMB points, and that's what I like right. about all your races is that you're either getting UTMB UTMB points or a ticket to Western States.
0: Right. And the food yeah, are amazing. Um, I love to be a part of UTMB, and it's a little different now. I don't quite have my head around it, but it was UTMB managing it and pretty much any ultra marathon could be a qualifier. You just signed up and they said, sure. And right. they were very open about that. And then ITRA International Trail Running Association took it over and they started to charge a fairly hefty fee to yeah. actually be a part of it. And <laughs> I thought, well, it's still worth it to, to be able to send some people to, to UTMB. And it became a lot more difficult to to get your your status. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, the number of points you had to earn, we were the highest number of points you get. Uh, percentage or seven at six points, I think, at that time. And then Death Race was five, Black was five for the 50 or the 100 miler or 100k, I should say. Pardon me. And then, uh, last year, ITRA and UTB split again when UTB was taken over by Iron Man. Um, I believe it was Iron Man, correct? Yes, that was who it was. Yeah. And just sort of back to the way it used to be, although I think that Ironman has more of like a hold on the point allotment with their stones and all this. I, yeah. I don't quite have my head around it, and I do need to look into it further. But, you know, we're still happy to be UTMB uh, quali- qual- qualifiers.
3: I don't think anybody has their head around the whole stone thing yet. <laughs> it's very
0: confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. I actually had inquired at one point about trying to make Black Spur the international championships. And the amount of money that they required you to pay it was like it was going to be about a two million dollar investment wow. to try and with everything you had to provide. Right. I thought there's just no. This is why we're never going to get them in Canada. <laughs> you know, we have great races, and that would absolutely be stunning, world class events uh, anywhere in Canada. You know, there's so many different places, so many different events that could do that. But I mean, you need a two million dollar sponsor to make it happen. Wow. Um, so I thought, you know, it's. I talked to our host at um, so Resorts of the Canadian Rockies. They were actually we actually had a meeting about it. And we thought, can we come up with that kind of money to make mm-hmm. this world class showcase for the city of Kimberley? And uh, and they said, not without a lot of partners. And there's probably a lot of better ways to spend that kind of marketing money. Yeah, right. So we that. just uh, let it go at that point. Right. Uh, but for is that kind of world class. European style event that I really love. I've always loved Blacksburg because it has the kind of trails that I love. It's it's not all single track, but as you know, having run it, a lot of winding technical single track. And there are sections that are just up rock slabs. It's a kind of a trail, but it's just basically a big sheet of rock. And mm-hmm. you know, then you're winding through the trees on these ridge lines and up and down over stuff. And it just that's what really gets my engine going. So uh, I really enjoy that kind of terrain. And it's really varied too. I mean, you go from these lush pine forests into sort of almost like a savanna like terrain right. on the south end of the course as you get down towards the south end of the course, down to the river. I, I've never been a big fan of sort of like repeating loop events, but in, in Blacksburg, it makes sense because you see it in such a different way the second time as well. Uh, for most people, because they're seeing it in the dark the next time and right. uh, getting into dawn. And you've always had a chance to kind of like, you know, what's coming up now and you know how you're going to approach it. You have a chance to learn on the first go around. So
2: <laughs> it was great for crewing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's,
0: it's, it's the easiest race you can ever crew. You can go sit in your <laughs> hotel room or go to the pool, <laughs> yeah, get a text from your racer. She was looking at me coming at down the, the balcony, balcony oh yeah. coming down the ski hill. <laughs> oh, I better oh, go yeah. out
2: now. I better go out now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. She had
2: to put her beer down.
0: Yeah. So it's it's great for that. If you re- What I always said to people was, if you want a good race to start out with, and especially with a crew, take them to Black Spur and make them see how great crewing is. <laughs> and then take them to Death Race, where they're like racing around the valley all over the place, like through the bush and out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, then you can like kind of ease them into the harder ones, right? Um, they're hauling gear, you know across the field and whatnot. Exactly. In <laughs> Blacksburg, you walk up with your drop bag and you put it in the tent <laughs> and you're ready to race. You know? it's, it's that That's awesome. Easy.
3: Well, we don't want to run out of time, but we really want to talk about the Divide, which is coming up in <clears> September. <throat> can you give us just a brief preview of what the runners can expect over this 200 mile course?
0: Sure. If you've heard of the Great Divide Trail, the Great divide Trail, Great, Great divide Trail Association showed up in town a few years ago. Now this route has been around since the '70s, I believe, but they've been improving improving it every year. So I actually started to do a, a little bit of volunteer work with them, uh, just here and there, not not extensively. I really fell in love with the idea because you know the divide, Continental Divide, has always played a big part in life in the Southern Rockies because we're right on the verge of BC, right? I mean, I'm looking at the divide right behind me and mm-hmm. I start out my window and uh, it's always been really inspiring this year, talking to my crew, they're all such passionate uh, outdoors people. And uh, some of them now are just phenomenal athletes, you know, doing the 24 hour uh, backyard style races and whatnot and right. involved in some really heavy events. And I thought, you know, with this crew behind me, Hundred percent, we can make this work, and so we thought it's it's time. Like it, Canada needs a two hundred miler.
4: The Ameri-
0: the Americans can't have all the fun. <laughs> no,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we need something in Canada, and there's no better place in the Southern Rockies. You know, we have great resources here. Um, so we're just based out of Castle Mountain Resort, and that'll be the start and finish. Um the course is going to be largely focused on uh the Alpine as much as possible mm-hmm. now there's uh, sections where you have to connect those, so it's going to be some favorite spots connected with some real runnable open sections as well and I think that's kind of the balance I liked as well. Yeah. But I want it to be something that's manageable in a week and but really inspiring that shows off great terrain in the southern Rockies southern Canadian Rockies I've been correct on that a few times um. <laughs> Is, uh there's still uh, the Southern U.S. Rockies as well and Mexico as well. It's uh, it's a really like Castle Mountain, though. That area is a real special place for me. The race itself, it starts off with uh, a big, long, flat run. Not flat, but flat-ish for the Rockies. <laughs> as you head south, you're gaining elevation the whole time. And you get up to La Coulotte Ridge, which is uh, on the Great Divide Trail. And it's probably one of the most spectacular parts of the Great Divide Trail. And it is a ridgeline walk, and it's very slow. Um, you have to watch yourself the whole time. It's not like it's uh, just a cakewalk or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there you cycle around or circle around rather into the, uh, there's the West Castle Valley where you start. And then there's the castle Valley, which is across, uh, the Barnaby Ridge, uh, the, 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 South Southwark range. You, then you make your way up, uh, Whistler mountain and turtle mountain, not turtle mountain, sorry, table mountain to uh, other iconic peaks in the area. Then you get yourself back to Castle Mountain Resort and you make your way through what's an area called Lost Creek. Mm-hmm. And the south end of Lost Creek is, it's really different because it was ravaged by a fire in 2003. And so it, all the growth is coming back in, it's greening, but you still have all the old dead wood and mm. it's, it's very open. It's a very different kind of uh, uh, look to the area. Uh, then you're up Willoughby Ridge and you come into the south end of Coleman Uh, From there, you make your way through Coleman, Alberta, and you go north, up uh, around, sort of off to the east of Crosness Mountain, uh, climbing the whole time, a slow, constant grade, and you kind of wind your way through an area called Spoon Valley. And then you come to Racehorse Pass, which is the most northern end of the course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you will be running down what's called the High Rock Trail that opened this year, again, part of the great divide trail just below the Continental of the divide on those peaks that make up the the divide
4: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's a, it's a pretty relentless trail and that it's not super technical it's it's a well-defined single track but it's a lot of up and down constantly so that's really going to separate people from there they get back to coleman and uh back down into the western part of lost creek where they're really where the fire was centered uh from there uh, i think to me one of the highlights of the course is going to be crossing over the Continental Divide into mm. british columbia
4: mm-hmm. up through oh, nice. uh
0: middle kootenai or north kootenai pass north kootenai pass is it's quite a steep climb up and you get up there you can just see into the flathead valley and flathead is a uh, it's part of the rocky mountain trench and it's this big open vista all around and you get down into the rocky mountain trench and you're running south on the flathead uh, in the flathead valley and it just opens up the whole time now, that's about a twenty thirty ish kilometer run down uh, the Flathead Valley Road. But <laughs> it's going to be welcome, I think, after a lot of the climbing. And it's a constant downhill grade. Not, not like, obviously, there's always going to be some hills. But yeah. overall, it's a downhill grade, the, the most southern checkpoint in the BC side. And then from there, they make their way up through Middle Kootenai Pass. Again, another just awesome valley where they're approaching up over the steep slope up into alberta and seeing over into the alberta side now and then making their way back down to the resort so a lot of variety and uh a lot of uh high alpine stuff
2: it's not first come first service signs up it's a lottery based system yes and also there's prize money that's going to be awarded Uh, how did that or why did you want to put prize money into this
0: uh, honestly, uh, we want to attract some some big names. And but gonna, I think but that they still have to put the name is, in the lottery, though. They're not, they're not they gonna, do. Yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, they um, do. I think that uh, to make it fair, you know, we're going to give everyone a chance. And uh, we are also asking people to give us a little bio. And I, I don't want to sound harsh, but if someone's trying to sign up and they don't have any kind of experience, okay. this is maybe not the best race to start for them. We're going sure. to let, let them know that. Yeah, um, but we want you to volunteer, come out, help be a part of it. But maybe don't don't like please like don't don't sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. Uh, and we'll talk to them about it and say like, we, we want to make sure that this is a good experience for you. And uh, I, I don't want to sound elitist. But at the same time, 200 miles is more than a year of training, right? You're already behind if you haven't started yet unless you have some really big experience already yeah you can't start this out as your first your first big ultra you need to 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 work up to it right and by all means the bios we're getting the people are great like they they're really responding to that and mm-hmm. uh, doing a great job describing um, their their history so you know I'm really confident we're gonna get a good group of people um and, and I do have to let everybody know I'm not sure if it's clear to people out there what the terrain in the southern rockies is like it's not like it's all groomed trail it's very rocky uh rocky Mm -hmm. mountains right that's not just because there's big rocks it's because (laughs) there's little rocks all over the trail too right it's uh (laughs) the kind of stuff that chews you up pretty fast and uh you have to be prepared for that
2: we did talk to people who won 200 milers in the states and so we did pass on saying hey why do not you come up to canada let's see what you got (laughs) so so we are getting your name out there
0: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be, that'd be so awesome. So, we're going to close the lottery on the third, so next week, and then we're going to, or end of this week, and then we're going to uh, have a live draw on, uh, on a video call, uh, just like this. We're going to do uh, a Zoom with, uh, um. oh, actually, it's going to be a Facebook, but uh, we're going to just draw names. We'll go through that first kind of draft, and then everyone has to commit by putting down a little down payment. I had some some feedback that it's a lot of money to put down. What happens if you get sick or get hurt? And we are really flexible with all that kind of stuff. Um, some races don't allow you to transfer and whatnot, but we'll allow people to transfer to another runner if they really need to. Um, right. We don't want that to be like ticket master thing when there people are like scalping <laughs> tickets. But I think that you know, get, making them put in a bio and and really going through it that way, we get to know them a little bit, and so we're confident that it'll, it'll be okay. But you know, we will definitely allow transfers as well. Because it's just, it's. I would, I would be mortified to tell somebody that, hey, sorry, you lost seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. Because you can't, because you, because you hurt your leg, right? Yeah, You're exactly. Hurt, hurt your ankle.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, two months before the race, when I mean, there's lots of time for us to, to get a new name in there, it's fine. Preferably, they would be able to find them for us, so we don't have to do any, a lot of work on it. But um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll help them out. We'll make sure that they can they can do that too.
3: I saw your post earlier, or Christie's post earlier that. 60 women have already put their names in, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Incredible. It's great to see.
2: About the lottery. Are you going to have two lotteries with men and women to make it 50, 50? Or if you, what happens? You've just pulled out 90% men.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I hadn't even thought about that. Now I'm going to go talk to my crew about that because <laughs> we haven't talked about it. Uh, we do. Uh, to be honest, I think that just um, by statistically, you'll be picking kind of the same ratio of people who entered the lottery. Um, although I, I will say that we do have a real focus of trying to get women t- into uh, endurance racing. Uh, my crew is very, very passionate about that. So we're trying to help to identify and alleviate those barriers that that may be keeping uh, some women from from stepping up the way they want to. Mm-hmm. Well, especially and, you know, because if
2: there's prize money involved, and if you only pick mm-hmm. 10 women with prize money, yeah, that makes yeah. it quite yeah. So it's got to be like I said, I hadn't,
0: I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, <laughs> should have thought about that when Kirsty made that post, but uh, I guess we're, we're gonna have to talk about it. Well, um, this is
2: director to director now,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say no more about that because I'm gonna go think about it for uh, okay. an afternoon fair and enough, I'm going to uh, <laughs> figure out how we're gonna handle it.
2: Well, I would like to say that the your race names, Sinister, Death, Divide, great names
3: for great races.
2: Thank you so much. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. But before we let you go, we like to finish with a little uh rapid fire, if you don't mind. It's just a fun sure. little thing that we do. But okay. we really appreciate your time Ready. today. All right, here we go. What's the last concert you went to? Uh
0: uh, something small, like it was. Uh, oh, I can't remember now. Jeez, it's before COVID, my memory's blanking out here. <laughs> uh, well, if I can use this one, Stuart McLean with Danny Michelle.
3: Okay, Stuart sure.
0: McClain, not exactly a concert, but it, you know, it was kind of. <laughs> it got it you like out of the
2: concert.
0: house. <laughs> yeah, and we used to go every year to BAM to my wife and I. We, that was our tradition. We go to BAM. So that was the last one I can recall. Mm. Okay. But it was a lot of music, so I call it a concert.
3: Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we're heading into December. What's your favorite Christmas treat?
0: Sleep? Sleep? Sleep, (laughs) Lots of sleep. Getting sleep. I actually wake up with the sun, typically, all year round. Mm. Letting myself sleep in is a a big treat in December. Absolutely.
3: Do you have any tattoos?
0: I have three tattoos. Uh, I can't show you because they're covered in my sleeves, but I have one of my two dogs who passed away. on This one arm. Mm -hmm. I have one of my new dog on this arm. Mm -hmm. and I have a moon, crescent moon on my back.
3: Very nice. Nice. Very nice. Beer or Wine. Or neither,
0: both. Sure, <laughs> at the same both. time. <laughs> That's an answer. I, I will switch back and forth depending on what I'm eating. Um, I do like having a beer after work uh, or in the afternoon with a crew. You know, I wouldn't say it's like a defining part of my life, but it's definitely uh, you know I enjoy a cold beer in the summer. In the winter, I actually like to have a port, uh, so fortified mm. wine after dinner after a big meal. I like the winter foods with uh, I guess which would be another Christmas treat heavier stews and roast stuff and uh, a glass of port afterwards by the fire. Uh, that's always great for me.
3: Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek?
0: Star Wars. Okay. 100%. You and I are best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> so and you step goes, we just become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and finally,
3: pick a superpower. Teleportation. Aha, uh-huh. that, so I, that's common, that's so common. Yeah.
0: So I can be in so many places that I need to be so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> During the race. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah, yeah. But I promise to use my powers for good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, when whenever we do our chat on our podcast with different athletes and, and talk about your race is specific, we put video in the background on YouTube and, and whenever we do post. <laughs> at you on your Instagram and socials, you always share it. So thank you again for doing that for us.
0: Yeah, we well, we love it. to be a part of the community. <laughs> and uh, it's a global community, right? So we yeah. need uh, more people to see how beautiful racing is in Canada. So we're happy to, uh, to be a part of that.
3: Absolutely. Well, thanks and, for your time.
2: And I want to get out to Sinister 7 one day. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the last one I have to do. <laughs> <of your series. laughs> Besides the divide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Besides, well, I appreciate it. You know, I really uh, enjoy talking with folks like yourselves and Yeah, I had a great time chatting with
3: you. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thanks so much. Cheers. Keep by now.
2: Well, there you have it. The Divide is going to be something to talk about.
3: And don't get any ideas, Norman. (laughs) Because when he was describing that course, I could feel (laughs) your excitement going up and down. I'm like, nope, no 200 milers for you. We'll volunteer. How's that?
2: (laughs) Would I do a two and a miler? Mm. Yeah, would you? Well, hey, after UTMB, I'm only 30 miles away. Oh, and this
3: is how it starts. <laughs> this is exactly what happens when people sign up for races. <laughs> well, I did 42 kilometers. What's another eight? Th- that's right. I did 50. What's another 30? Yeah. Etc. cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, hey. And that's what gets us all into trouble.
2: Well, I can't wait to see uh, how it all plays out. And, of course, his other events, Black Death Race, Sinister Seven. They're Canadian iconic. They sure they're, are. They've been around a long time. And they sure they're are. They're not going anywhere.
3: No. And, so check them out. And
2: you can get your Western States tickets. You can get your UTB Stones. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. We have it all here in Canada. We sure do. There you go. Until next
3: time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.